If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Happy 2020. It's the CU Podcast. Is this our first one of 2020? Yes, Ian. It is. All right. That's why I said it. It's January 7, 2020. I, I mean, I that's know. Ian. I'm Pat. How's everyone doing out there? I'm a little weirdly out of it. Um, we'll be talking about announcements from CES. Woo! It was 10 years ago, you know, I was at CES. We'll talk about that, we'll about that later. Arcade One Up CES leaks. The UFO Alienware handheld PC. Mother 4 fan game update. Update. An update potentially on the Television Amico 2020 edition. Founders edition. Super Star Wars Genesis prototype and more. And a Patreon poll. Ian, what did you do this weekend? I uh, went <laughs> to the Natural History Museum. In Balboa Park. Uh, in Balboa Park. Beautiful Balboa Park, San Diego. <clears throat> and... Uh... We only had uh, about an hour and a half, two hours to walk around in there, so we only saw the first floor, but it was pretty cool. Um, then we went over to the zoo for the last night of Jungle Bells. Jungle Bells is a, is a great event. They do it every year. So basically the zoo does, like, I think it's two two periods of, you know, nighttime zoo. There's, yeah, the, there's the summer chunk, which is a longer chunk where they stay up until eight or nine in even... It's night zoo. It's yeah, great. It, it, it's awesome. But even when staying open until eight, eight is when they stay up until... Um, it never really truly gets dark uh, in the summer. Um, but at uh, when they do it in the winter for Jungle Bells, they do like two weeks of it. Um, uh, it's, no, it's, I think it's, it's three or four weeks. It's, either yeah. way. It's incredibly cool. Um, you don't see as many of the animals, uh, yes. obviously. They're, they're not, sleepy. They're, they don't shine, you know, artificial light or anything like that on them, which is good. Um, but the zoo is a beautiful place to just walk around, and they decorate it with all sorts of nice lights and stuff like that. Um, you feel like you're in the jungle. You're walking around. I like it. It's all dark out. You see other people. But, I mean, especially when, during the summer, there's I think there's probably less people at night zoo in the summer overall. You can be like not see someone for like a few minutes sometimes walking around, and it's like weird. Oh yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it's weird. Great. It's creepy. It's, it's great because it's silent. But then you see some animals are awake. Like some of the kitty cats are awake. The the uh, they had a black panther that was awake where the where the leopards used to be in the Asian Passage. And that leopard because uh, I went a few days before Ian did. I went on Friday with someone, and uh, the the black the black panther used to be in the African area. Uh, I think it's a she was just you know just rolling around being fun. Went up on the catwalk, the actual catwalk. The catwalk was, look, was looking down at us like we were dinner. Adorable. The red pandas over here were hiding. They were probably sleepy. I love the red pandas. I love seeing the red pandas. Last time I was there by myself, the red panda was crazy see, active. So you don't see as much animals, but they have all the activities. And when I, they had this, at least when I saw the finale, was this like this like projection light show at the the Asian Passage area where the pandas used to be before they were taken back from China. And it was an incredible like ten fifteen minute like show with like lasers and projections. It was, it was fantastic. So. Um, real quick, we have enamel pins, Ian. We do at uh, ultimate dot com. That's that's the web store. As long, 
along with a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. Soon there'll be a certain Blu-ray for sale as well, maybe a certain digital documentary for sale. If I can figure out the bandwidth things with that. But the, the Blu-ray will be for sale there. What, is it going to be Pat the NES Punk Volume 8 or whatever volume? Yes, yeah, so that's what it's going to be. It's actually Volume 5 would be the next one, which I got the artwork done at this point three and a half years ago on it and just didn't have time to do it. But <laughs> I, I can do it. I would do a thumb drive. I don't think I would do a Blu-ray because not everyone even has a Blu-ray player. So honestly, not everyone does at this point. I'd say just do DVDs again. Just do DVDs again for <laughs> yeah. the Elvis? No, I don't like authoring. That's a whole thing. Sure. Authoring. It seems awful. I'll just stick I'll stick the HD versions on a thumb drive with some director's commentary. That's easy. You, don't, you, you just want the keepsake. With, and get, plus, you get a thumb drive. You can just delete my videos and use it as a thumb drive if you don't like me. Carry anymore. all of your best porn around. Yeah, you can do that, you know, if you want to. Um, I did a Twitter poll, Ian. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, thinking about various NES game ideas, we talked about, you know, the black box basketball for a bit. So I just did a Twitter poll. I, 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 there was three ideas for an NES game. And I did the poll. And I think there's one hour left. Well, by the time you hear this, you won't, you won't have it. If I, if I were to produce an NES game, what idea is most interesting to you? In third place, uh, just under 10% was the basketball game, black box-ish. So that, 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 that died a bad death uh, there. Uh, a game show idea, a la Nick Arcade. I had an idea to do a game show idea like Nick Arcade with trivia and mini games. Twenty two point four percent in number one place. Number first place. That's that's number one place. Number one place. was the game store owner sim RPG idea at almost sixty eight percent. Overwhelming favorite, which makes sense. So uh, you know, I, I've done a loose outline of a game idea. We'll see if it's possible on, for an NES game because NES game has memory limitations. I'm we'll sure see. it's doable. Plenty of RPGs were done on it. Sure, um, sure. The, but the, but how big is it, how big is the memory in the car going to be? You know, five, sure. we were talking about. I talked about a preliminary talks. It, it could be like a 512 k cart. Not, not, it's not going to be a small black box. You know, like eight kilobit cart. There's a right. lot of information to hold. At that point, it just balloons up. You go from 512 to a, you know 1024. Then I, then the, the cart price would probably go up. Obviously, the digital wouldn't matter. We're talking about the cart price. But this and potentially this would be digital as well as. Um, as a physical cart, that's that's obviously what make the most sense to do that. So we'll see. I, I, I think the one idea I had last night during yoga, you're not supposed to think about these things during yoga. I want a bodega cat or a bodega dog option. Sure. So you pick your dog or cat to, to come to you in the store. I think that's yeah. a cute idea. Yeah, I mean, you would have to do that. I think. You know, maybe we slip in a couple, you know, stories that have happened, you know, in, in certain game store that <laughs> as in-game events, you know, things like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. It's also though, Ian. It's the uh, the 10-year anniversary where Pat went to CES with my pal AJ uh, and belted out The Show Must Go On, if you remember that back then. Remember Unfortunately, that? I do. Remember that, 2010? Yes. And then um, that, that's also where I filmed the, because um, uh, it was in Vegas, we filmed the Pat's, Pat's uh, Casino Calamity video, the classic. Pat, I forget I do these videos until I like have to remember I them. I don't think I've ever even heard of this one. It was it was the uh, the three or four casino game medley reviews I did. Oh, with the side story where I kept trying to gamble and keep losing more money, and I have to go back to my friend AJ, uh, my college friend who became my agent in the videos, and have to ask for more money. You never saw that video? I don't think I ever so did. It came out like I think I took. This is when I was in a bad spot after I just moved here. Um, it took me like almost a year to edit it. So I think it came out like a year after CES. It came out like early 2011. So yep. we're talking like that one's just. Wow! Wow! I All actually right. I actually counted my Pat the NES Punk videos. I've done about sixty of them. I didn't think it was that many. I thought it was like 40. Was, I've done like 60 mm. 
over the years. 60, huh? Well, that includes the seven-part one that you helped me out with, the, you know, the, the review. So you're, I'm cheating a little bit. Fair. But it's over 50. Why did you go, hmm, is that too many, or are you surprised I did that many? That's just, it's just a, hmm. It's a number. 60 is a number. That's a number of videos. Time to, time to hang them up? Is that what you're saying <laughs> at that point? Well, I did four in 2019. So that was the best year I've done in a few years to do four. I think that's a reason. That's pretty big for for compared to 2018. I think was none. One no, it was one. One. The 10 year anniversary, and that was like I had to force myself to do that. Right. 2018 sucked. That's all I'm going to say. That was one of the worst years of my life. So that's why my my output wasn't that great uh, there. What was I saying? Oh, CES. So so far the news we have um, a Sony concept car. Who knows if that's going to come out there? That that's a that's a thing. Probably not. Oh, uh, you see the PS5 logo? Sony announced the PS5 yeah, logo. Yeah, boy, it's daring. It's Well, daring, breathtaking. <laughs> these are all words that come well, to mind. I mean, what else? I mean, you expected anything different? They've done it the same one since the PS2. Like, what no. do you want? And it's fine. It's it's actually... Have it's, they changed the S shape at least or no? Is that still the same? Uh, no, looks, it's the same. looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. At least, at least when someone comes in and says, I would like a PlayStation 5, I will know what they're looking for. Yeah, is, is that an Xbox Series 1X? Yeah. X Series X? <laughs> Can I get an X? <laughs> Can I get a box of X's, please? Well, CES isn't usually a, a video game uh, event. When I went 10 years ago, Sony and Microsoft did have huge booths there. But 10 years ago might as well have been the 90s at this point with how much has transpired technologically in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Everything you is know. different. I mean... Uh, 10 years ago, the big things were in. Remember? Three big things. Boxy box, which is like the Roku sort of box. Remember, that was going to be the big thing before oh. before Netflix streaming sure. blew up everything. Yeah. Like, you don't need a box for these things. You can still buy the boxes in, like, Chromecast, but Boxy and Roku's still around, but I don't know anyone who has a Roku. I mean, some people sure do. That was the big thing. That didn't uh, happen. Digital picture frames were still on the rise 10 years ago. Remember digital picture frames? Yeah. Do you know anyone that owns one? No, I don't know anyone. I don't. My and friend I, AJ used to build them himself and sell them himself before they were like a I've thought about device. owning one before because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It makes but sense. Then, but, but like, I, 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 what I'm saying is I've actually thought about this. Like, I'm, I'm like, digital picture frame. That's a neat idea. And then I was like, why don't more people have these? What? It's just one of those things that seems like a great idea, but no one owns them. Well... Because of the time and effort to like take it down, load up a picture into I it, guess. put it back up, or at least at least even display it on like a you know a desk somewhere, it just seems like a lot of work. Yeah, I guess you can do slideshow ones, but you don't want pictures to change if you're displaying them. That's the only thing I thought of because you can have ones that like change right. too. You don't want that though. You don't want them because then you like sit there and wait for them to change to like look at them. It's like a good in theory, but in practice, like it, it just doesn't. It didn't just hang the goddamn picture. It never caught on. I, right. Now, now I want to look on Amazon to see what what they what they cost. Uh, if they still, they must still sell them. Oh yeah, I, they're I, like one hundred and fifty dollars. Here's one for seventy bucks, a ten inch one with a with a remote control. It's just too complex for pictures, I think. Yeah, and I mean at that, point... no one's buying these. No. Anyway, my friend used to make them and sell them himself before they were. You know, produced. He should have patented the fucking thing because he was doing like three years before they were like mass market items. Uh, anyway, the third thing at CES 2010 that no one bought 3D TVs. That was the other huge thing. They, they were swearing like this is going to be the thing. Remember, that was only a few years after like HDTVs were like a big thing. Yeah. Not even. So the HDTVs were still fairly brand new in 2010. And then this is before 4K, so they were pushing 3D TVs. Yeah. Thing. And, and 
I tried it. I was like, yeah, oh, sat. Sit, you got to sit down in a certain spot with your glasses and watch. It's fucking awful. Even even back awful. then, I think we called that. Uh, well, I oh, I, this is awful. Back yeah, then, those were those were a bad idea. Um, the PlayStation actually had their own 3D TV. Sony had the PlayStation TV, oh, if, I I re- if I recall correctly. Pre-CU podcast. Um, and uh, my old friend Art, who I haven't seen in ages. What happened had, to Art? Don't know. Um, but Art had one. And he was like, yeah, it's kind of neat. He goes, but uh, it's, you know... I'm not going to use it off. I mean, who wants to sit around in their living room wearing glasses? In a specific spot, it only works with a 3D TV. And now is around the time they're trying to push it back in theaters. So there was like that three, four year. Well, and that's what I remember was every big release had a 3D version. Yeah. So then it sucked because then the, the only time I could see certain movies, like I remember I saw, I think Iron Man fucking three, I had to see in 3D. Didn't want to. I was forced to because they were all, that's all the yeah. theaters were 3D. So 50% you, of like all showings were 3D. So I had to spend like $4 more, wear someone's recycled scummy glasses or whatever, and then not enjoy the movie as much. And then they, that was done by like 2015 or so, 16, 3D releases. You can still see some, some but, movies in 3D. Like I'm fairly certain Star Wars had a 3D but release. It, mm, that died, dog. We don't, we don't need that. No, that's fine. So you yeah. can still buy that Sony PlayStation 3D display, and it's like 400 bucks still. Yeah, well, you got to recoup your money there. Yeah, I guess. Um, so the one big uh, news item that's dropping uh, in day one of CS when we're recording this is the Alienware slash Dell team up since they bought Alienware handheld PC prototype they're showing called the UFO. Okay? It's a Windows 10 sort of, uh, it's like a, a, a tablet PC hybrid. But what's interesting about this is that it's basically uh, the Switch, but a gaming PC tablet with, with I'm talking removable Joy-Cons on both sides with a thumb drive and a, a, a better a digital crosshair pad than the Switch, and four face buttons and a, another a thumb drive on the, a thumbstick on the right side, and um, it's been tried already, and it's they can't release any specs because again this is like a total like just concept at right. this point. Um, um, it shows the controllers coming off like they would on the Switch. It even has a rechargeable little dock to use it the same way the Switch has it. Right. Or you slide them on on the side. It literally looks like a Switch. I think it's a, it's an 8-inch screen, which is bigger than the Switch um, by a little bit. So that's that's interesting. And I saw, uh, I think it was The Verge did a, did a little, um, they spoke about it. Um, they said that because it's a more powerful PC, like he played Rocket League on, and he said, "Yes, this blows away the Switch performance." Obviously, it would if it's if it's sure. A- although Rocket League would be a really weird benchmark because the Switch plays Rocket League just fine. Well, it must play it better. That's because he specifically yeah, referenced sh- that. I'm sure it plays well, I mean, better. Does it play it in 60 frames? I have no in handheld mode. Well, there you go, Ian. Maybe no, I'm no, just no, saying Mr. that's Reverse. a weird that's a weird benchmark. They probably didn't have many things to sure. play on you at CES. They got to control it. They don't want the thing to blow up in someone's hand. And you're playing, you know, you know, uh, Witcher Three or whatever. Is there a Witcher Three? Yes. Also on the Switch. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure it'll play better in this. But, but that's the I'm thing. just it, saying. It, it has a kickstand, the same way. There's a USB C for to output the video through that. So this is 
you know, Switch is like, so, Nintendo's like, let's see if this shit works, and afterwards, you know, we'll take the risk, everyone else can just basically Well, I was going to say, as much as people love to make fun of Nintendo, uh, I, it, it was not all that long ago that I remember some people who are considered very smart in the gaming space calling oh, yes. the Switch a, you know, a failure, and it was doomed. Um, but for all the shit people will talk about Nintendo when they get a new idea, um, everyone else sure does follow. Yes. They may not work out the same way, but... Uh, I, think- I, I love to remember back to uh, when um, the, uh, I can't remember who it was, uh, the name exactly, but the Sony guy said that they would never release a controller that looks like a lollipop uh, in, in regards to the Wii. And then they literally go and release a controller a that and looks and exactly later. like yes. a lollipop. Yeah, the PS Move was a lollipop with different colored balls in the top. I remember they were still pushing that at, you know, E3 2012. You know, and, and Microsoft yeah. got the connect, and it's, it's you know, these companies do things slightly differently, but it, it is amusing to it, me to see everyone go, ha, 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 okay, maybe yeah. we should be doing this. You're not allowed to, you're not, you're, you're allowed to follow a leader, but to criticize it, it's weird. Yeah. Because without, without someone taking the innovative risk, you're not going to have it, think these things happen as a possibility. So, um, there's obviously questions would arise from this, obviously the specs battery life is is huge on something because this has built-in fans right on this because remember if, if this there's is, like so there's uh, the nvidia shield but the shield streams this is an actual they're trying this is actually a portable pc gaming pc the, the heat that this is going to generate if this is going to be like if you're going to have 60 frames per, se- per second high resolution you know modern games the heat this thing's going to generate in your hand they even say like right now the fans are are allowed it's like yes yes you need fans yeah, you know you can't um, you can't do chameleon uh, cooling on this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, looking at it, it's it's interesting. I don't. I feel that more consoles, well, more, th- there should be more things that take this approach in ease of portability to, um, you know, hooking it up to a TV. However, I don't know that I actually want a PC that does that because I play. I've been playing games on my PC a lot more lately. My laptop, surprisingly. And, um, you know, you can drop it into what, what Steam calls really? big picture mode, which basically t- consoleizes it. Gives you, like, a console-style menu, user interface, easy Ooh. to control with a, with a, with a controller. Okay. But, you know, there's still lots of games made for PCs that you would think work well with controllers, but actually, you know, require the keyboard. There's mouse, mouse and keyboard games. Yeah. And as neat as it is... I feel like I'm not I'm not so sure that I actually would be when I actually think about it I'm not certain that I it would appeal to me in in the end. I think the Switch or even if Sony or Microsoft were to do something similar that's appealing because it's still in that it's still in that quick plug and play neighborhood yeah. that that ease of use that consoles give you with PC uh it's it, it's nifty to be like, oh my god, that's a gaming PC that looks like a Switch. But would I actually find it as as usable this as is, a gaming laptop? This is, again, are, are they creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist with this product? Right. So, I mean, when you look at this... I mean, I, it's I, I, weird to see a, a computer company doing this uh, uh, instead of, say, Sony or, or Microsoft, I would I say this would be... To me, this would be a Microsoft product because yes. they can build in their ecosystem with Windows 10, obviously, where you buy the game, you get it both on the Xbox system and on the PC. So, you know, and Windows 10 yeah. makes sense. People think I uh, hate on Microsoft, but actually, no. I, I've, I've thought that in my head prior, is I think Microsoft would be a good candidate to make a system like the Switch. It would make more sense than Sony yes. at this point. Um, because well, I looked up, the, the NVIDIA Shield cost $200. So this would be not for that market because that you know you're streaming, you're not going to get 
the full horsepower out of that versus right. this. So you need a market that wants a PC full gaming experience on the go. It's it's going to cost probably significantly more than the Shield. You would think it would probably cost. I would say double at like least four hundred. We'll just say is that reasonable? So now you're get, going at console price or above without the ability to do well. You can still put it on your TV, but. Then it's just I don't know. Plus, the battery life's going to suck on this no matter what. There's no way they they, they can have great battery life on this no matter what. Sure. So how portable is it really? If it's two hours maximum potentially, or two and a half hours, you know, pushing the specs for this. Because if, then if you drop the specs, then you have a switch at that point. Well, and that, that's you know, exactly that, it. Like, for, for this to, yeah, and like I said, you're not getting the perceived benefits of it being a console. You're not getting yeah. the plug in the cartridge or pick this download in this closed off mic. Have it easily set up on your TV, walk away, come back, you know. It's very cool, but I just, I don't see this necessarily I don't know, taking over the, the world by storm. Like I said, if it was a Microsoft doing it as like an Xbox sort of docking console or a portable console, yeah. yes, but the cl- more you make this a PC, I think the more it's just going to become kind of annoying to use over time. And, and then, of course, if you say, well, this could be its own console if you dock it, at that point, like to your point, then just buy a console. Right. And going back to what yeah. the guy said... I'm sure that this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it does play something like Rocket League better. But if you're going to be playing Rocket League on it, why not just play Rocket League on a Switch? Well, the, the other one would be the Switch is not going to have every single new release on it, and it doesn't. No, yeah. but neither is this thing. I mean, it's going to. I mean, the specs are going to have to be. Well, we don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's true. We you, we don't you know play, what it technically could or couldn't. You can do play. We don't know the specs. You can play Red Dead Two, but but like for like an hour and a half. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's. While the fans kicking on and your hands are, they'll have to have their own uh, Alienware gloves so your hands don't burn up from holding it. You know, that's basically what would happen with this. I, either way, it's interesting to see this happen. If, if, if obviously, if battery it's cool just as yeah. a, a thing, if, yeah. if heat and battery wasn't an issue, you might have a shot probably at this. But otherwise, you know, I just think it's cool because it, 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 it's literally a switch design, especially with the controller dock. I mean. Nintendo did that. Uh, but come on, Nintendo, you, 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 Nintendo, you see that D-pad they're using there? You see that D-pad? That's your D-pad. Like, that's what you want to use, not four individual buttons, buddies. Come on. You came up with a damn idea for the D-pad. Come yeah. on. You patented the damn thing. We can't. You were so it. happy. You were so pleased with it. You patented it. You patented it so that uh, Sega and Turbo, uh, Turbo Graphics, they had to like, do workarounds in their design to sort of mimic it, but not really, for like 25 years. <laughs> come on, Nintendo. Come back to us here. Come on, the Super Switch, give me a real D-pad, I'll buy it. Just from that alone. Super Switch? That's next year, probably. Anyway, all right, uh, moving on, Ian. Uh, the other uh, CES news that we know about right now, this was leaked the day before they opened by people. That uh, Some good news, Ian, uh, from our, 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 our buddies. Uh, I've been emailed by them. Uh, Arcade 1-Up. So um, this is all pretty exciting stuff, honestly. I, well, some of it is. I think some of this is actually pretty, pretty cool. Um, so they've announced... Uh, NBA Jam. NBA Jam! And I'm going to come back to that one in a big way. NBA Jam! Uh, sit Down Star Wars, which is cool. Uh, the Burger Time Cab. And they are doing three-quarter scale digital pinball machines. And we have a picture of one on Twitter just came yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I found one, too, oh, up here. Oh, no. Um, it looks nice. And uh, so, yes, with Zen Studio. With Zen Studios. So, Zen Studios, um, they are now currently... Um, 
I streamed and talked about it at one point. They they are now currently um, doing re-releases of the Bailey and Williams tables digitally uh, that Farsight once had the uh, rights to them, and now Zen Studios does, and Zen Studios is doing a great job with them. Um, but they also are known for doing, they've done a bunch of Star Wars tables, I think n- nine, if not more. I think, uh, no, there's more than nine, because there's one for each individual movie, I'm fairly certain. Uh, anyways, there's a ton of those. Uh, they did Doom. They did uh, Skyrim. Uh, they've done a lot of really. They've done Fallout, um, and now they are bringing that into your home. So this is the big announcement. There's uh, a lot of announcements. This is a big one. Golden Tea. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Golden Tea is already out. Oh, okay, is that out? I saw something saying it was new. Okay, there's a new Sega Golden Axe one. Yeah, that one is coming out. Um, so the digital pinball is going to be using, I believe it's a 24-inch LCD screen. Um, and then it's going to have a smaller, uh, I believe, 7-inch uh, LCD for your display, um, where you would normally have like your dot matrix display. Um, and the picture is showing that it's going. To, the first one is going to be Star Wars themed. I have no idea how many tables they'll put on there. Um, but what's cool is the buttons on the side will actually have solenoids attached, so it'll oh. feel like flippers flipping Ooh. when you press the buttons. Um, and of course, there will be a, an accelerometer in there. So, you, where, uh, where's your news info on this? So all of the, um, I just the, I just pulled it up. You got the skinny. Um, and so uh, all of the bumping and nudging will be transferred into, uh, you know, the gameplay. Okay. Um, so uh, stereo speakers and Wi-Fi connectivity. Um, don't know if that's for updates or updates. scores or what. Um, but they are pretty cool looking, and I definitely want to check one out. Um, we don't know the price of that yet, though. We don't know. No, we don't. Um, other uh, things that they're releasing, oh. the NBA Jam Cabinet sounds oh, absolutely God. amazing. I think they have finally found the one that will get me. I love NBA Jam. I've been playing a lot of NBA Jam lately. Why do you keep doing that? Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, the NBA Jam one will uh, have support for four players. Um, and it's Three games. Three games. NBA Jam, TE, and uh, Hang Time. The Holy Trinity. And it's uh, what, what's being said about this one is it's going to have online connectivity for playing with other people. That's huge. That's massive. That's that's a great idea. You better get your skills up, Ian. We're, yeah. t- we're taking it with Oakley and Ewing. We're taking it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I play as Alonzo and Johnson. Oh, then I'm taking you on then. Morning and, morning and Johnson. Um, but, uh, yeah, that one's going to be really cool. Um, the Frogger one, uh, there's pictures I just saw on Twitter of the Frogger one with Time Pilot. What was the third game? Um Oh god, I just had it up. No, I, I, so there's that one, the Burger Time one. Burger Time one is going to be awesome. That's, AI, a, that's for pre-order on their site right now. I love Burger, Burger Time. Time. Um, the side panels look like the original panels. They're all rounded out, so it looks like the original cabinet. It has its own riser, but it also has um, Karate Champ. Karate Champ on it, which is cool because it actually you get four you get four joysticks. Yeah. So some of the like some of these uh, inter- the ones that interest me are the ones that use. Um, like I've always talked about with our kids, the ones that use the um, 
the like proprietary controls. So uh, like the ones with trackballs or the Star Wars one uses the yoke. Uh, NBA Jam I think just works well as a four player cabinet. That's one of the few that doesn't use a you know a special type of controller that sure. I'm really into. So the Burger Time one also appeals to me because you get the two joysticks for playing Karate yeah, that's Champ. A, that's which is good, cool. Good on them because out of the, there's four games you get: Caveman Ninja, which is Joe and Mac, and Bad Dudes. The only game you would need four joysticks for would be Karate Champ. So they did it just for that. They included it, which is great. That's that's going be. I, they, going above and beyond. RK One Up in only like a year, year and a half, have really hit upon this sort of sweet spot of high quality and price that. That, it was really surprising well, me how well they've done. I, they look great. However, the quality does look to be about what you'd expect for the price. The well, overlays I mean, rub out and, and stuff what, like that. From I hear, the customer service is great. great. Yes. That's um, what I've heard. I've heard people... Replacing parts is, is easy. I've heard people have um, gotten damaged ones, and Arcade 1-Up has taken care of them very quickly. Um, and, and this is... If you want to say quality, this is, a, this is a way above the fucking ones you'd buy at Walmart for $150 Konami ones that would fall apart. Sure. Like, they're trying at least. Obviously, this is going to be a $2,000 well, I think, dollar, I think uh, No, I, like I said, you get what you pay for, and I think I think they have found a sweet spot. Um, it, it, and they, they've gone after the right licenses. Yes. And... Um, you know, I think by, like I said, offering, you know, the cabinet that has the trackball for Missile Command in Centipede. Sure. You know, doing the yoke for Star and, Wars. And high quality parts. That's that's a big deal. Yeah. That, um, that gives you reason to go buy these outside of, like, your normal, you know, 80-in-1 MAME cabinet that expects you to play everything with a joystick in one button. Oh, also, there's a sit-down Star Wars cabinet. Yeah, we, we mentioned we, we that at the beginning. Oh, we we did, haven't, we I, haven't, I don't think there's pictures of all this yet, but that is, that will sell out. Like if that that'll sell out. That I have not seen. Yeah, um, but I mean, three, I'm, even three quarters you can squeeze in. I'm trying to figure out like how much you can actually. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, down, you can't, but they can charge whatever they want for that because you can't find the real one for under like three grand at least. And then who's gonna buy the real one? And sure, how heavy that fucking thing is. Um, we can't be more than that because even the the regular ones like probably two grand at this point. The original probably with all the barcades and things happening. Um, we're missing one. Oh, the uh, the Sega Golden Axe one's going to have Golden Axe Shinobi Altered Beast Wrestle Wrestle Wars. Love that that they're doing that and Golden Axe the Revenge of Death Adder. They're just they're being I love smart. Shinobi. They're giving you some value here. With the themes make sense. It's not just slapdash the themes. Sure, for the most part. Um, that's why I like it because even that I'm like. Yeah, golden action all it's like oh it's like the, the sega genesis like you know fighting games and, and beat them up games they're yeah. throwing wrestle wars just to throw it in they don't have to i'm like but wrestle wars is a game i rarely saw i used to whenever i saw it, i used to play it you know great game um so you only can pre-order the the burger time one right now um they also have these little uh from twitter i'm just looking at was, these these little mini wood grain tvs with games in them did you see that no i did not look up this is again this is all just breaking stuff as we record look up arcade one up on twitter you'll see people posting about it um there um you scroll down okay the frogger one is going to have frogger time pilot and time pilot 84 it looks like that's more of a niche one probably just like like Frogger they show a Star Wars pinball machine in a picture an attack from Mars uh, pinball machine three quarters. one up is one word right yes um, and then here it is Where I just saw it oh, there's I, the NBA jam uh, yeah the, the picture's starting to come out here uh, there oh it wasn't Big Buck Hunter that was the one I keep saying oh yeah to. yeah there's a Big Buck Hunter they have now so they came to play at sea there's like 10 new products yo uh, I'm looking at this NBA jam one uh-huh. And I can't, 
I can't tell. It's probably just a really good side panel, but the side panel makes it look like it's textured like a basketball. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, the sit-down's there. It's cutie, and if you want to lean over or just... There's the sit-down. There it is. Uh, what else do you expect? It's better than nothing. It's not over your head, but sure. it's cute. You know, it'll keep the cost reasonable there. Uh, so the first pictures are coming out here of what this stuff is. The sit-down The sit-down will still sell. It's not. It's not like what you oh yeah there's a small attack from mars one uh for pinball that's awesome oh yeah looking yeah so, so i saw that and there's there's another one that's pictured it's a it's a what does it say universe it's a universal pinball machine i guess for the universal properties um oh that would be cool so probably like uh, uh monster bash the elvira game uh well, maybe guess, but- Elvira, maybe the elvira ones oh shit the nba jam NBA Jam shirt has Michael Jordan on it. I don't know if that means he's going to be in the game or not, but there's a picture of Michael Jordan on his shirt. Oh, no. Someone just had an NBA Jam shirt. Oh, they just had the shirt? For CES um, okay. Made. Yeah. Where it's falling, this as it happens, folks. As it happens, I wish I was at CES for this. Picture of the Attack from Mars one, a picture of the Star Wars one. Can't tell if that's one of the newer ones, like you said. It probably is versus the original one. Um, this is. This is. This is uh, game changing, some of this stuff to me, especially if it's reasonably priced, the, the pinball ones. Yes. Yeah, I'd really have to know the price of the pinball ones, and I I really want to get my hands on one and like do a review of that talk about them because it's a cool idea. I just want to see how it works out. Oh, that's right. I think they're doing Marvel vs. Capcom as well. Oh, here it is. Here's a mini wood grain TV with an attached console. I don't know if that's going to come out with that. It's cute. It's just like an all-in-one plug-in, but it's actually a, a, a wood TV with antenna on it. Oh. A console TV with like it looks like a, looks like an Atari, a mini like a full-size Atari controller. With a with a mini console, it's actually smart because it's more like a keepsake than anything else. So that's something else there. Wow, this is like seven or eight new products at least. Yeah. At least the Frogger one is interesting just because who developed Frogger again? Who did that? Konami developed Frogger. Did they? Jesus Christ! I thought it was someone else for some reason. Wow. Oh, I was thinking of Gremlin for some reason. It wasn't them. Okay. Oh, excuse me, Ian. Wow. Oh, excuse wow. me. Wow. I know they got the rights to it. Holy shit. But the other ones are Time Pilot and Time Pilot 84. Time Pilot's great. But that's, a, that's a strange sort of team up to me for, uh, to put those three together, but whatever. So, yeah. All very exciting looking. Oh, okay. Or right, anything else, Dave, before you chastise me again for uh, wow. misremembering Frogger's original developer? Uh, no, no, we're good. We can just move on from that. You're going to shame me with that? Yes. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about price. If, this, uh, if, what, the, if the Ninja Turtles ones are what, like four hundred dollars? I think the, the Ninja Turtles ones are four hundred dollars, okay. and I think that's honestly pushing it a little bit. For NBA Jam for online connectivity, I think people will pay that easily. Yeah, I, I think they will. I, I, the thing is, these always seem to go on sale, so I always like it's. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Arcade One Up. What is? What can I get that for right now? I think there was. I'm trying to remember what the other uh, three fifty at Walmart. Okay, so was there any with the, other with the f- riser? So the risers they should just start making them with, with the risers built in at this point, or or then you you put these together somewhat. So I guess they can't uh, do that. Yeah, you definitely put them together. I was trying to see if there were any other four player ones that uh, we could price, but I have a feeling that this will probably the NBA Jam one will probably be like three to four hundred because they got to include like a, a built in sort of some sort of Wi Fi connectivity, obviously. Sure. For that, or or it's Bluetooth in there, whatever, what have you. So okay, uh, exciting. This will be a chance to uh, maybe email 
uh, the good folks at RK One Up see if they got an extra NBA Jam review calendar. Uh, you are what? so what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm you just have saying. no class. I, I'm just saying. If there's ever one I had wanted to review, it'd probably be the NBA Jam Four player with connectivity. That's all. Fair enough. And maybe you, get, you throw Jordan in there somehow. You get the rights of Jordan. That would be cool if they could do that. But otherwise, I guess the word is that it's the first version of each game, uh, which would mean hopefully. Then again, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if the rights of Shaq and, and Barkley for NBA Jam would be back or what have you if they ran out. I have no idea what those deals were in the nineties. Right. But those those are the, the the biggest ones for me is that obviously no no Shaq and Barkley, and that's when Shaq was you know still like a rookie. Uh, so that getting him out of the game was was bad. Because then you have who's, who's going to use the magic? <laughs> what, no what, <laughs> so, all right, moving on here, Ian. Okay, so there is a mother. There was a mother four fan game in development, and it is now called Oddity. Um, it's moving along. It was originally, uh, you know, uh, it was being put together in 2014, um, and it's still in development, but. They've gone into it was it was literally supposed to be Mother Four, a fan made sequel to Mother Three. Um, now they've changed that. Uh, like I said, they changed the name to Oddity. It's still obviously going to be inspired by Mother. Um, it's got gorgeous looking pixel art. The thing that I wanted to point out here, though, is that I think it's very, very smart that they decided to change the name to Oddity. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast Multiple before. Times. We've seen the Pokemon um, games. Yeah, we've seen uh, the Pokemon fan games. All sorts of things get, uh, you know, um, DMCA'd by uh, Nintendo, um, you know, cease and desist. And. It's refreshing, I guess, to see a company realize that that is, or, uh, you know, a person, a group of people realize that that is going to eventually happen to them and just kind of change it right away. We've always said that when people are pouring all this time and effort into these, these fan games, some of them which look really, really good, like a lot of those Pokemon ones did, why would you saddle yourself with the Pokemon name knowing that it could end up getting your entire Could, project will will yes at, at this, this point. point Nintendo has not allowed any of these fan games that look really awesome to go forward if they use Nintendo assets or or copyrighted or trademark names that Nintendo owns they 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 have zero tolerance on it right so with the Metroid one as well and I think I I mean I I'm just speaking you know my personal opinion is that these lots of very talented developers are selling themselves short yes. by feeling that they need to make a fan game like i understand being inspired by it but this is great take what you've been working on and go and do your own thing Ape it's the style you're allowed to take the style yeah i mean graphic style story style you can do all that you're totally allowed to be heavily inspired by you know yes. uh, uh you know something that you know makes you feel creative and that's great and this one's been developed for like like 10 years it's been it's so long that imagine working on a project for several years and then only to have it swept out under the rug because Nintendo came in. That'd be devastating. Yeah. You I don't put even... a couple thousand hours or something and, and a company says you can't do it. So don't even put yourself in that situation to begin with. Well, and if you, go, right, if you go too far down that hole, you know, you can't just change a few things and back sure. yourself out of it. You know, you, you've committed to it. Well, they've done it, but it's taken years. Right. They, they, they announced the change from this, what, a few years ago 
to ch- to change the uh, oh right away from Earth down uh, Mother Four. So, so basically, Mother as Gina Jackson reports on Kotaku, uh, it was the Mother Four fan game that she had hoped to play in the winter of 2014 and stopped being a Mother Four fan game in 2017. Has finally announced a new title at the beginning of 2020. Been working this forever. Yeah. So this is <laughs> so. So the, I guess the, the the lesson is that don't start with it being a fan game. You can't because if you change it, it's gonna it might take you probably years to change the assets or names around. Sure. If you're if you if your whole game is built upon it being a sequel, you have to gut the whole thing. Besides the engine, you have to rewrite so many things and do more, change all the art assets around. Well, and it's it's actually I looked at I scrolling down to the comments section of this article. Um, this first comment is actually pretty good and is uh, you know basically says what we said. This is good. My biggest issue with fan games is that a lot of them are so complex and full of original content, but they've dedicated themselves to only being fan games, which puts them at risk of being taken down the second they gain traction. Yes. I, you know, I, I, I don't... I, like I said, I understand fandoms and stuff like that, but once you've put that much time in... I don't think you need to rely on it being like, oh, it's a mother fan game for people to play it. I think we're getting to a point, or oh, it's a Pokemon fan game. I think you stand a chance to appeal to a lot more people by being like, hey, I made this game. If you like Pokemon, you should definitely check it out. Or do you like Mother? Do you like Earthbound? I'm making an RPG that's a lot like it. I think almost at this point, you know, fan game would not only detract in terms of, you know, the potential for having your project ruined, but also, you know, some people might th- look at it and I would go, be turned off by it. I'm going to be honest. Right. Like, if, if I've never played a Mother... I've never played a Mother game. I know that's a, a sin. I should have played Earthbound at some point. And I, I probably would love it. Um, calling it Mother 4, to me, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, now I have to know the series, or can I jump in? Having it just be a strange RPG that might look the same that I've heard of, I'm more inclined to play this. I'm just telling, for me personally, I'm more inclined to play something that's disconnected. It's a totally unique idea. Plus, I know it's a unique idea. So I'm like, oh, this is a new venture, versus it's just an add-on to something that happened before. That's just my perspective. You're going to get those Earthbound people no matter what. Right. That want a new Earth exactly. Game. They're going to play it no matter what, and because they're hungry for anything. But this might appeal to more people. Yeah, yeah I, you know, and it's like I don't have a, you know, fan game. You, it, it, fan game does make it sound like you need to already be invested yes. in what it's mimicking. Whereas, plus, whereas you can say, hey, this uh, game is like Pokemon, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll jump in here since I've never played a Pokemon game, so this is a clean start. And plus, I have we, obviously played and, Pokemon, and, I'm just saying. Anything with fan in front of it, whether it's like fan fiction, you have the idea that it, it's sort of ha- could be hacky, just from the connotation of it. You don't know what the quality is going to be, sure. if it's going to live up to, you know, someone in the comments says, you know, they, they have the, the gall to call themselves Mother 4. And I'm like, I kind of get that, because yeah, what if the game isn't nearly to the standards it would have been if, like, the original IP owners put it out? You know, like, what if it wasn't? Right. Then you're calling it something that you don't deserve to call it anyway. You're taking the legacy of something, using it for marketing and for a look, but now you're also applying the, the name of it on top of that? That is kind of ballsy to do that. And here's the here's the business, the Pat Shark Tank reason. Now you can get compensated and sell it. Right. True. And get rewarded for your, you know, eight, nine, ten years of work you put into a, 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 a project. Now maybe you can start your own business venture, be your own studio, or at least get compensated for your time and put that money into something else in the future, another game or a, a DLC add-on or what have you. Like, that just makes sense for your life to do that. You know, so... 
So there you go. So the trailer, what? The trailer's out, but they say we don't know when it's coming out. It'll be out when it's out. It'll be out when it's done. (laughs) There you go. But at least you know it's in a positive direction. You'll be able to probably buy it on Steam eventually, you know? Right. Nintendo can't just slap them away here. The the pie in the sky would be Nintendo be like, oh, maybe Nintendo says, oh, we'll hire these people to work on the new game. That could happen, but, you know, it could. Stranger things have happened with that uh, there. All right. So are, are you a big mother guy? Are you are you in the rule level? Not ru- no no not at all. Not at I, all. I like it, but I mean I'm not. Would I like it? You think for an RPG? Probably. It's, it's goofy enough. And yeah. Kitschy enough. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I you know any RPG that isn't just like oh medieval knights and bullshit and Final Fantasy stuff. It's like I'm automatically at least a little bit more interested in that because at least it's trying to do something different. You know. The CU podcast is proud to be partnering with Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Let's face it. Most New Year's resolutions are hard to keep, Ian. Get more, get more exercise, save more money, or well, I have a resolution that's easy to keep. Stop wasting time going to the post office and use stamps.com instead. With stamps.com, you can do anything you can do at the post office right from your computer. Plus, stamps.com gives you something the post office can't give you. Big discounts Ooh. on postage. Stamps.com has all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right at your computer, whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products like me, shipping out DVDs, books, pins, enamel pins, upcoming Blu-ray maybe. Or if you're a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it with ease. Simply use your computer, Ian, to print official U.S. postage 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, any letter. Any package size, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier, Bob, or drop it out of mailbox. It's that simple. So give yourself a resolution you can actually keep this year, Ian. Stop going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With our promo code CU Podcast, you get a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CU Podcast. Type it in right now. That's stamps.com, promo code CU Podcast. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. And some, some news uh, about a potential new console on Twitter uh, was, was semi-announced yesterday. Oh, yeah. So uh, there is potentially an Intellivision 2020 Founders Edition pre-order. Um, Amico. Happening in Television Amico, uh, Founders Edition. Um, this is just a potential thing at the moment, but uh, Tommy Tallarico, uh, head of Intellivision, um, said they're considering doing a special limited edition Founders Edition. They would limit the pre orders to only 2020 machines. Um, individually hand signed and numbered vintage wood grain console, a $50 RFID metal golden ticket gift certificate to use to purchase Amico games. Limited edition Limited. 3D lenticular Running Man poster signed by the entire Intellivision Amico team. Uh, getting the console shipped to you a few days before the rest of the world. Special drawing only for founding members. Grand prize is a trip for two to California to get a personal tour of Intellivision and to help us create and design a game. Um, and they're putting it out there for people to reply to and see if it would be a good idea. Um, timing on this is interesting to me because uh, that pre-order sounds like uh, 2020 of machines that sounds kind of like crowdfunding uh, it's yes it, it's it's when it's a venture that hasn't when it's a company that hasn't put out a product before yeah and they're asking for pre-orders it then falls into the same category 
as as something like uh, you, you want to bring up the Atari VCS, you can, uh, be, because you're asking for money for the promise of a product to come out. Um, it's crowdfunding, so I, I I'm, and I'm not putting it down. I think I think crowdfunding crowdfunding could be something beneficial but one of the tenets of, of this potential product was that it was not going to have to use crowdfunding right. to get off the ground but obviously for a console a new, any new console is going to require hundreds of thousands of dollars if not a couple of million and especially if you build in you know if you have a team that you're supporting to make exclusive games this is a lot of money right. that you need so I'm not it's not bad on its surface but the timing to me is 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 not alarming but I would start Thinking about why now and not a year ago or when it was first announced. Like, why does it happen now when it's 10 months before this console is supposed to, supposed to launch? Um, and when you look at the amount, doing some pat math, it'd be $606,000 at $300 a system, which is what they're saying the Founders Edition, that's what they're, uh, you know, knocking around for the amount on the Founders Edition, which yes. is insane. That's expensive. Granted, you get 50 of that back. That you have to spend, but it's it's still $300. Yes. Um, so, so, uh, so now you're looking at, is this just, you need money to help either, not, not to keep this going, but you need to show that there's interest potentially in, in this product and this is your quickest way to do it but who are you showing interest to if you're doing that and that's the question uh one of the one of the things that has no one has really discussed when it comes to the amico is 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 who's actually funding this how much investment money is in this and where is it coming from and usually i wouldn't care about that but the reason i think it's interesting for for a product like this is because on a video game console you just not you just not only need enough money to get it made. You need the the funding to market it and to have it survive at least at least a year or so to make sure it's ingrained in the market to keep going. Sure, because a lot of game consoles aren't uh, in the you know in the black when it comes to profit for a year, two, three. Some Sony consoles, what they weren't profitable for a while. Well, the, the, you know, the, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but the old line used to be, uh, you lose money on the console and make money on the games. Sure. So what I'm saying is this: this isn't like crowdfunding for a piece of luggage, or let's just say a certain book, because at that point, once you have the money to create the product, you're done. It's done. The product comes out and it's and it's uh, available and people can buy it or not. Uh, for a console, there's so much more involved with it that you might need a lot more money. I saw something uh, that was posted on Atari Age uh, where, where Tommy said, you know, they're planning a multi-million dollar marketing campaign. I saw a post uh, for that. So when you think about that, this isn't, you know, you, you're going to need that funding coming from somewhere. You're not going to get the money from the from consoles that come out and then market it because it's already going to be out in the marketplace. You need the money way beforehand. Right. So this is $600,000 potentially uh, that they could use, you know, for whatever they want. I'm not sure what, what, what they would need it for. I, I'm not in their position. I'm not working in their offices. But the other thought occurred to me that this is a this is a proof of concept that there's interest in this product. Sure. This is a form of market research. That's the good thing about crowdfunding is it not just is it's not just works as a pre-order, it's 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 a form of market research. It can show if people are interested or not. Right. So there could be current investors, I'm just theorizing, I don't know, for current investors that may not are sure or this could be a way for Tommy to say, look how much interest. Look, we sold out in 24 hours 2000 consoles. You can use that information to go to uh, uh, potential new investors with. Right. Otherwise, if I'm investing in something like this, I'll be like, how do you know people will buy this? 
And that's one of the, the main issues we have. We have no idea what the market is for this. And if I'm going to put in potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars as an investor, you got to show me that there's interest in this. Right. And it's not enough some YouTube channel with people that only in television uh, 40 years ago to say, oh, I'm going to buy this. That doesn't mean shit. Will their average person want to buy this? The problem with this campaign, though, that this is so banking on nostalgia uh, for the Intellivision, that this as market research to me is totally useless in the main marketplace anyway. Because the only people I see pre-ordering this are people that are, are in love with the Intellivision brand and the console that Mattel put out in 1980. Right. So it, it's it's. I'm not saying it's bad to do something like this, but I'm not sure how much information we get out of this if this even sells out within a week or within five days or 24 hours. I don't know. I think it does. Um, I mean, th- that's not to say anything about where whether I think there's a place for this console or not. I think it sells out 2020 consoles um, just based on... Uh, granted, we'd have well, to... I didn't say it wasn't going to sold out, but I don't know what it tells you. Oh, sure. In the amount of time. Um, I mean, the Atari... Uh, VCS did 11,000 backers. I don't know how many of those were actual consoles, but if there was 11,000 11.6K backers. Yeah, and then I, I feel like, you know, there's a good cha- chance that the true believers would be on board to back 2020 units of this. Although that does seem like a lot of units for a limited limited edition thing. Just, okay, we want to make the number of the year. Yeah. Um, see, like, something like the Polymega just had open pre-orders. Right. So why not just do open pre-orders? Is it the fact that maybe you would cap out a certain place and then that looks bad? Yeah, it's possible. But then again, if it's pre-orders, you don't have to be public with that information. If I do, if I do open pre-orders and I, I don't say what it is, if someone asks me, I say, well, it's sort of proprietary. I don't have to tell you. Because then if it caps, say it dies out at three, four, five thousand 5,000 over a month or two. That'd be bad if the public knew that, but at least you have the money from it, and at least it gives you gets you closer to where you're going to go financially. Sure, you know, um, here. So, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. Nothing too positive or negative, but it, it, to me, the timing is is what's so strange about this. Um, that that's that's the thing. There's there's, there's there could be something going on. I, you just don't know what it is. All I know is this: is that um, if the if the Atari VCS uh, did what eleven. 11,000 backers. Um, I would expect this to fall below that for pre-orders, just naturally, just sure. because the Intellivision, in terms of uh, marketplace um, awareness, if you want to say it's maybe a, a quarter of what Atari is to the average person, if you're being generous. Sure. So it could sell out. I'm not saying it's good or bad if it does. Uh, but, you know, it'll hopefully be better than that that uh, that, that other... The, digital intelligent kickstarter from a few years ago oh yeah because there was like what 100 people interested in that yeah it was it was bad it was really bad so uh, above that but probably below the atari vcs it would probably do if they did a kickstarter i, I don't know if, if a kickstarter would be a horrible idea for something like this i don't know if it would if you just went out and say hey we're doing a kickstarter for this because then maybe you raise if atari raised a few million maybe you, you raise one million and that's better than nothing at least it gets you where you're going but i don't know it, it's uh, it's interesting uh, the, the the idea to to not do to not do the Kickstarter because if you get investors uh, and who buy into it, you then have your funding and you know for sure it's going to come out. You can produce it if you have your costs in line, but then you don't know if that means it's a, it's a success or failure because if it can get to the marketplace, it doesn't mean it's a success. It means you use your investors' money; they have it on the shelves. It doesn't mean anyone's going to buy it, but at least you got to the you know to that first. Basically, that's just. A console's lifespan starts when it's on the shelves. That's not when it ends. Right. Fair enough. So, okay. 
All right, what's uh, what's next here in the CU podcast here? Oh, th- it's been a banner few months for for uh, game preservation, right? It's been a banner few years. Yeah, it has been. That's that's right. Hidden Palace, our 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 pals at Hidden Palace. Uh, another release. This just came out in the new year, in the past week. Uh, it was hidden a combination of what Hidden Palace and the a cutting room floor uh, combination. Uh, the Super Star Wars Sega Genesis prototype. Yes. So um, Super Star Wars was actually at one point in time. Um, in development for the Sega Genesis, which I actually never knew about. Apparently, apparently this was mentioned uh, briefly in uh, some magazines of the time. Um, so, yeah, I love the Super Star Wars games. They're difficult, but they're uh, they're fun. They're some of the first movie based games that I remember actually liking. They're excellent uh, games, all three. As a kid, um, they use the Mode Seven uh, graphical. Uh, Magic to magic to do the um, vehicle stages, do the vehicle stages, yeah. land speeders, and stuff like that. And they're a really good time. Um, Technically excellent games. They follow the movies as well as you can. They expand upon them a little bit with enemies. Um, so uh, Genesis can't do the same like Mode Seven stuff that the Super Nintendo Genesis can. Does. So maybe they thought that they it wasn't going to be ported for that reason. But no, they were trying to work on it. Oh well, there's there's there is a if you if you watch the, some of the gameplay video, there's the Tatooine desert sequence. Yep, and they would they, they have it going in third person. They, you probably just can't spin all the way around. You probably just cut off left and right. That's probably what the so that's not Mode Seven. You're still going forward sure basically like basically like you're in a racing game at that point you're not like free to go around right 60 so you can skirt around it uh for that in terms of the if you look at the graphic style it's pretty close yeah it's I mean, very it's using, similar using like the same sort of sprites uh it looks like obviously this is this is like an uh, early like pre-alpha version of it because there's like no sound effects when you hit guys they like just disappear uh, you know, when you're swinging your saber, there's not the same reaction. But it, it's again, it's a proof of concept. It's like it was to be like a, like an early port. You'll just say there. It looks like to me. Um, you you got um, uh, a chunk- actually the land speeder part looks or it's um, the looks pretty decent. It, looks it, decent. it shows like rotate. It just it doesn't show any objects on the field, but it shows a full rotation and. Um, oh, is it 360? I saw. I didn't see it going around 360, but yeah, maybe it's close. It looks like it's doing 360 and it's going up and down. I mean, it looks nice. Obviously, the, the color palette's not not the same as as Super Nintendo, which which you see here and there. It's like yeah, it's but it, it's 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 the same game though. You got Han Solo in the cantina. You got the you got the space uh, Death Star level. The annoying as hell sand crawler. Uh, oh, the sand crawler's rough. Uh, yeah, you got that with uh, with uh, with Luke there with the lightsaber. Uh, the, the animations are the same. So again, this is like an early port here. So. Um, ROM header is based on Green Dog, which was another title developed by Sega Interactive around the same time. Just some of the information on uh, Hidden Palace here, which is which is interesting. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't know why we're getting a lot more of these releases so much sooner. I just I'm just I just love that we are. I mean, well, people, I th- I think a lot of it has to do with we're just at a point now where people realize that this is not stuff to just throw away. It's not stuff to fuck around with. Or yeah, keep, pe- keep people up. see it now and people go, "Hey, this is something that people care about," and people dump. So, you know, uh, you know, they I think they try to get it into hands more. Whereas, you know, ten fifteen years ago, people cleaning out these desks don't think anything about what's on them. Sure. So it's just awareness, seeing other releases. 
trying to see if it's 360 on this sand crawler right here. I mean, it, I don't know. It's, it, it, it gets it the looks job close done. enough. The uh, Nintendo is now, and I'm glad that this has actually been brought up. Um, Nintendo is now offering refurbished NES and SNES classic consoles uh, from 50 bucks. Um, you can go; uh, it's available directly on the Nintendo site for 49.99. Super Nintendo uh, can be had for 69.99, um, and if you follow the link, it'll take you right to the website, and you can order these right now. Um, this is great. Um, a lot. I had a lot of people this past Christmas at work. Um, trying to find these uh, and unfortunately having to tell them that they are, you know, no longer in print, no longer being manufactured. Um, I just wish that this had happened in November. So I could have pointed these people in this direction. Uh, so sixty nine ninety nine. what was the original price on the super Nintendo? Mini? Su- super is 80. NES was 60. Super. Okay. So you're getting uh, like 10 bucks off here. Not a ton. Um, but honestly, uh, knowing Nintendo, these are going to come to you clean and packaged nicely. And since you can't find them on the market, this is a great way to beat scalpers um, who are, you know, still trying to, you know, squeeze some extra money out of these. Uh, this is actually a thing that Nintendo does a lot. Um, if you're, I don't know if they do it for the Switch. They may, um, but they definitely did it for the Wii U. Uh, shortly after it came out, it wasn't even like a, a you know, a, a fire sale sort of thing. Uh, you could buy a refurbished Wii with a limited warranty from Nintendo for, I think it was like 200 bucks when they were still selling for 300 or 350 brand new. Um, I know because my friend John actually did that, uh, you know, after uh, visiting. And playing the Wii U at my place, you know, ages ago, he actually went looking for one and was like, did you know you can buy these from Nintendo? Um, So Nintendo puts a lot of refurbished stuff up on their site. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a good deal. Sometimes it's just a way to get something that you can't get anymore, which is the case with these. Sure. Um, What have I bought? I bought, what did I buy from Nintendo, I, I bought one thing and now I can't remember what it was. It was, I think it was from like their eBay store. Yeah, they definitely had might the have eBay been a, store. I'm trying to remember if I bought the, my 3DS from them or something like that. Or, um, God, it was like six years ago, seven years ago. The one thing you remember when you're buying the refurbished stuff, you're probably going to get a regular plain brown box. Yeah. You know, you might not, you probably won't get the, the regular packaging, but if you don't care, you don't care. Uh, you know, you get it. So right now, yeah, as I was recording this, I'm looking at them both right now. Yeah, uh, 15, 70, they're still available. I, I'm just, I don't know. When it says refurbished, that I, I I just can't imagine a situation where some of these would come back faulty, or the amount the amount would come back faulty. They actually can put them on their website because they wouldn't just sell like five or ten on their website. They gotta have more than that. Uh, otherwise, what's what's it's not worth their time right. uh, to do it. So my my thinking is that I guess there were some returns that were opened, and they sent them back to Nintendo. Maybe maybe some of the return on Best Buy say, oh, it's broken. They just want to get their money back. Nintendo just checks it to I make sure. I think that's honestly you know? a large part of it is these are probably things that came just back old from... Just box returns? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not stuff that was actually sent back to Nintendo with any problems. It was stuff that went back to big box stores. Uh-huh. This doesn't work. Well, do you just want your money back? Uh, is it you know user error? Is it something stupid that they couldn't figure out? Yeah, but a lot of times when people come back with stuff and they say it doesn't work, it works fine. They just want their money back. Sure. We deal with this all the time at Luna. I've got to test shit all the time. I'm like, it works fine. Oh, okay. So, yeah, a lot of these probably oh. came back to places like Best Buy, and, you know, no one at Best Buy is testing them. They throw them in a big box, send them back to Nintendo. Nintendo turns them on and goes, these work fine. Yeah, when you're, when you're selling millions of these, you're going to have 
whatever percentage, if you want to say it's one percent, even might come back or less than one percent, where people are like, yeah, this is a, uh, yeah, I just want my money back. You have, you have people that buy things all the time and then regret it. It's happened with the book. People say, I ordered it, I don't need it anymore. It's like, well, what does that mean? You just don't want it, right? <laughs> you you regret it. You know, buyer buyer remorse. It, it can happen. So, all right, well, that that's good news, especially for the NES because the Super Nintendo one is. You know, I don't think anyone had a problem finding that one. It was the NES. I think one everyone else. who wanted a Super Nintendo one and was relatively on top of it got one. Uh, yeah. And by on top of it, I mean bought one while they were being manufactured. Yes, there are people now who want them who should have got them back then. The only reason they can't yeah. get them now is because they're not in print anymore. The NES ones still not. Maybe not everyone got this, but it's it's nice. At least I have a place to point people to now for the next couple of days. There you go. Okay, uh, Ian, we we have a, a, a scumbag seller of the week. Week. This is brought to the attention on Twitter by our pal. Well, I won't say who. Keep their keep their identity secret. Uh, who is laughing at the description of this? Now, that, what what is this? I didn't know at first, but this is a, a Sega Genesis cartridge only read description. That's always a good idea. From Forever Froggy, one 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 one. That's four ones uh, there. This game is a reproduction. This high-quality reproduction was personally made by me using a donor cartridge. Don't be fooled by the Chinese reproductions. They are simply cheaply made flash cards. Excuse me, flash cards. It should be cards. That turn that turn your Sega Genesis into an emulator. My games, since they are made from original Sega Genesis game cartridges, are much higher quality and provide the same exact gaming experience the original game cartridge does without costing you a ton of money. Okay, Ian. How many things are wrong with with that statement? There, a, a bunch. Uh, I mean, one. I, you can take blank PCBs and make cartridges. Like it's not turning your system into it. Also, I don't. I mean, donor cartridges aren't great. I mean, you shouldn't go out and destroy well, games. Well, let's just start with the first one. Uh, if you want to make the argument that some of these flash cards are cheap, cheaply made, sure, there, that was a problem with, I guess, many in the past, like some of the NES ones. I don't know about the Sega Genesis ones. That the issue I have here is that um, the, uh, the the ones you buy from AliExpress aren't that expensive to begin with. Sure, you're not getting a deal. Uh, yes, donor cartridges are bad. It's stupid uh, to use them. You don't need any more because uh, uh, a lot of times now you can just buy blank boards and burn yep. your burn your right own here. ROM. Two ninety nine Sega Mega Drive Genesis cartridge uh, replacement ROM PCB for prototype testing. There you go. That you can burn them using that, uh, and you can buy shells for almost any of these old cartridges. You need to get the chips and stuff. That's just a PCB, but you don't need to use a donor cartridge. Yes, uh, but the silliest thing when someone says using a flash cart or something that was flash makes your system an emulator. So the digital information is exactly the same, same on the ROM, whether it's the you know the original cartridge or you're buying it on AliExpress. The, the ROM source the same and isn't screwed around with. It's the same game. Right. So you're getting the same exact experience. Your, your system is not an emulator. Your game console is reading a ROM file it doesn't care how it's being read or where it comes from it's reading the ones and zeros on that digital file so the experience is exactly the same so to use it as a marketing ploy saying your sega genesis is being turned into an emulator is the silliest it's like the silliest sort of angle you can get to sell your 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 you know your hacked up cartridges that you're now using to create to create rare games 
that uh, skeleton crew costs what? You know, a couple hundred bucks at least. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming. I'd never even heard of the damn game before. Yeah, I don't it's got to be expensive. So you're selling counterfeit carts with the angle that you're not. You, it's not being an emulator because I'm using donors. Like that's. Also, this person glues labels onto their cartridges like absolute shit. Oh, okay. Look at the look at the picture. That's yeah, that's pretty. Looking. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, on, on top of that, I can uh, count the DPI from here. <laughs> I can count the I can count the dots. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. No need to use the donor cartridges. Uh, and then of course. Silly. You know, you, you look at the other items there on the store, and of course, they're all like, you know, hard to find games or ones that people want. Of course, there's a Musha. Um, let's see. You got Punisher, is always one you see as reproduced. You got um, Hyperstone Heist. Uh, what else? Bloodlines down here. Um, Gang Ground. I, what, I don't know what that even goes for. Not familiar. Uh, and of course, oh, you got of course you get a you got a Wild Guns in there for Super Nintendo. I was a, not aware that Game Ground was an expensive game. Uh, maybe okay. it's very coveted. Uh, Contra Hardcore Wally Wars is down here. That's five dollars more just because it's Mega Man, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know why else it would be more money than the other reproductions there. Because they can get more money out of it. Grindstormer. Not familiar with that one. I guess it's a shooter. And so forth and so forth. So it's just silly. Because now, now it's not even the fact that you're doing counterfeit carts. You're trying to justify it as being the better counterfeit cart than buying just a, a board that you flash the ROM to directly that's not a donor cart. It's very silly. It's extremely silly. Very silly. Um, anything else to add there? No. It's just we haven't seen this before. This this sort of tactic. This 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 is sort of puffing out your I, chest. I use donor cartridges. I was so intrigued by the tweet... And the person on Twitter didn't do the link. I asked. I was like, you know what? I looked it up myself. I looked it up via description search and found it. I'm like, okay, it's silly. It's silly and scummy. So it's, uh, I guess, it's the uh, the silly scumbag uh, seller of the silly scummy week. All right, um, we have a we have a Patreon poll topic. Uh, Ian, how do Patreon. you Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Exchange money for services. Exchange money for services rendered? Yes. Is your service going to be a writing? Yep. Hopefully today or tomorrow? Yep. Um, let, let's see. So let's see. In third place on the Patreon poll, it, you can vote on each week. This is number 193. In third place at 21%, the state of Amiibo collecting five years in. In second place, this is a close second and first place. Favorite retro PC games, uh, 36%. And first place, uh, A Tale from Pat's Childhood. Ooh, I got a Charlie horse. Hold on. Charlie horse? Yep, one second. <laughs> you got an ordinary Charlie horse? Yeah. Okay. Want to put some bomb on there? Go some for it. CBD cream I got? Go for it. Okay, so originally I thought about... Take it away. ...a more somber tale from Pat's Childhood. But you know what? I'll do the, the happier one, and, and I'll expand upon... Uh, the guy on my street named Scott growing up. Scotty. Scott, red-haired Scott, fiery redhead Scott. Old Scotty two-shoes. Was about, yeah, four years older than me, the same age as my sister growing up on the block. So Scott, Scott was, I, I brought him up briefly on the show before. He was like, not the nicest guy, but he wasn't an asshole. He right. was just a little rough. He was a rough, you know, like you're talking like these people that are, you know, 14, 15 years old. Yeah, a little scrappy, figuring himself out. Scrappy. He probably is, comes from a household that was a little broken, uh, you know, and your testosterone hits. And, you know, he was he was a kid that, you know, you pl- we played we played street hockey. I, I was a street hockey kid. We had, we had a cul-de-sac right there. 
which which creates like a perfect street hockey arena haven especially especially when one side was the backyard fence so on one side basically used as the boards it was great right and yes when you played maybe scott would be a little bit more rough with you sometimes maybe you shouldn't because you're four years younger and four years when you're 10 to 14 is like a, a man to Big a deal. baby yeah. uh there but he wasn't malicious when it came to it and and so i was the youngest boy in the block and that's tough growing up being sure. the youngest boy because even if you befriend the, the kids that are two, three, four years older, they can turn on you and be an asshole at moment's notice, and they're physically so, like twice as strong as you. Right. When you're 10 versus 13 and 14, they're like twice as strong. Um, so Scott was good in the fact that he wasn't one of those, he would never bully you. He never had a bad day and bully you. Right. And and he, he stood up for me sometimes, even though we weren't close, he, he recognized that, hey, it might be rough being this kid. Maybe that has something to do with his upbringing because he he did it. I think he moved there after I was probably like seven or eight or nine. He wasn't there when I was like very very young, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, he had a good sense of humor, but he stood he stood up for me like a few times. Um, this is even before he he did uh, briefly I think date my sister when my sister was like probably like fourteen years old or fifteen. I was like ten or eleven, but he stood up for me a few times. Um, and, and before I get into that, this is the type of person Scott was. He was a semi-criminal. I brought this up before. Yes. He was a guy that was like, yeah, hey, hey, Scott, how come you got that new Calgary Flames jersey on? Uh, and then the next week, you have a, you have a St. Louis Blues uh, sweater, which, by the way, is my favorite uh, logo of any team. St. Louis Blues. Blues. With a note on there. He would go with the other guy in the, on the block, Mark, who was a little bit slow, older, but nice. He wasn't like a bully. Um, had a wicked slap shot. He he swung like a s- fucking sword, and that's why you had to have your hockey pads on your my your my was it Mylek white pads was it Mylek or Myler Mylek anyway. So they would go to Herman Sporting Goods. Remember Herman Sporting Goods? That was a regional thing. Herman. I don't remember sports. Herman's. No, it was, but there was no sports authority yet. There was no, you know, maybe there was Models. That, which was semi-regional. So Herman Sporting Goods was like your mall big sports shop. They would go to Herman's. And um, they would in the, in the winter, they would wear their oversized um, winter jackets and do the old uh, switcheroo. No, no, do the old tuck under your, oh. your winter jacket with with the, with the with like a, we're talking these these were sixty or eighty dollars back in the early nineties. These sure. weren't cheap back then. Uh, hockey hockey sweaters. They would steal. They were shoplifters. <laughs> yes. I mean, they weren't physically violent crimes, but you know, there's still there's still criminality involved. You weren't scared of people that did those crimes, but they did it. And every week they had a new jersey, a nice shiny new white Rangers sweater. One week because you know, Scott was a Rangers fan, and so was I. Uh, Dumb Billy was a Devils fan. We'll get into that. Dumb Billy, but but he stood up for me a couple of times. So Dumb uh, Billy. What was was the kid that I hung out with the most because he was only two years older, and that's a much smaller sort of. And Billy is the one I play street tennis against, and we did street football more or less with him. Street and guy, tennis. Hey, we had some wicked street tennis. We went we went <laughs> three sets on those street tennis games. But Billy could be a little bit of a jerk sometimes because he had a you know his 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 family was ultra Catholic. I mean, his father was a, you know was an ordained a deacon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there which is the highest you can get before being a, pr- a priest uh, in, in the Catholic faith there. And they were very, you know, they had the, the Statue of Mary on their front lawn. Oh, okay. So we're, we're, they were into they, they're, they're ultra Catholics. Right. right. I mean, I went to church every Sunday, so, so did my mom, but, you know, come on. We had limits there. Uh, so so 
so Billy, there was some yelling going on in the house. The mom was a little bit mean. The, the, the daughter was a little bit was uh, catty as well because of that. So it, it was a winter one time where um, for, it was like a, probably like a Saturday or Friday night where everyone's hanging around the block. We had a cul-de-sac and like before the cul-de-sac was another like sort of circular area. So there was like congregation areas where no cars would come by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hangout spots. And we were all just hanging out there and um, uh, Billy, I think it was around Easter, but it was still cold and this is why. I remember uh, Billy eating a lot of chocolate, eat a candy and then spitting it out because I think he was allergic to the chocolate but still ate it. He was one of those type of people like, I'll do something I shouldn't do but still do it. And then I, I, was, I was a little wise ass a little bit even at 10, believe it or not, even though, you know, I was thick but quick. Um, so um, everyone was there. All the girls in the block uh, which was like probably five or six was a family, a, a nice family. There was like literally five girls in that family. And so like three of them were hanging out. They're all like a couple years apart there. My sister was there. Scott was there. Billy, the other, all, again, I was the youngest, youngest boy by like three, four years on average there. And so I remember I, Billy was, was spitting out all this chocolate and it was so cold that I remember that there was like puddles near the curbs and that it was like semi frozen, but you could still get in there. And so, I remember I said something to Billy. I don't remember what. I said something to Billy he didn't like. And it was in front of everyone who must have left. He he pushed me into the puddle, which was probably like 30, like 30 degrees at the time. What a jerk. And I was only like 9 or 10, you know, and I, and I probably cried a little bit at the time. So he pushed me into the puddle. And I mean within a half second, Scott gave him a look. <laughs> And Billy looked back like, oh, no. And Billy ran away saying, oh, shit, oh, shit, and ran down the street. And Scott chased him down the street and got him to the end of the street and started. He wasn't punching him in the face. He was just, like, beating on his shoulder or whatever. Like, you don't do, do that. So Scott stood up for me in that moment. And Scott, you know, he was very nice to do that. He didn't have to. He probably liked my sister, but he was sticking up for me. He was four years young. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you don't bully me like that. And then the other thing that happened with Scott was Scott tried to make me involved with the group, and I was still a little bit shy because everyone was older and tougher than me. And so Scott one time had the in-house, he invited everyone to his house, he had a Blades of Steel tournament. Oh. Uh, he had a Blades of Steel tournament, and of course that Blades of Steel was played on a um, uh, mock rider cart because he did the old, that was the old switcheroo. So the old switcheroo. The old rental switcheroo with that, and, and, and uh, I looked at it like, wow, okay. That's not that's not ethical to do that, and uh, and where did you get that bit driver from? Because I think Blades of Steel was a bit driver game. I think right that was a three screw. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was just all interesting how that happened. Um, so we played Blades of Steel with like there was probably easily eight of us. There could have been twelve of us there. It was every every boy within the surrounding blocks, and I remember I was nervous, but I did well. Like I won my first two games. Uh, and I was quiet and, um, and, um, yeah, it, it, w- it was just sort of thing where he made me, he made me feel comfortable sure. when he didn't have to. He brought me into the fold sure, sure. to make me feel comfortable, you know, maybe cause he's making out with my sister. I don't know what my sister was doing with them, whatever. They're 14, 15 year old kids. I'm not going to judge either way. They do what they have to do there. But, um, but that was just the, the nicest thing about it. But then like, you know, he moved away probably even before I graduated high school. I don't know what happened to the guy, you know, and it's just one of those things where, where it just stood out because, you know, most of the boys in the block were just uh, either neutral or jerks. Uh, mo- most, of the, uh, most of the boys in the block weren't, like, nice. Right. You know, overtly nice to me. Some did 
throw me up against those wooden. There was, it was a lot of the kids that weren't local. A lot, a lot of kids sometimes would play street hockey. We'll say like six, seven blocks away. That was like way out there. That was like the outer rim of the universe. They would rough me up a little bit more playing street hockey than they probably should have had to. You know, they would like hit check me against the boards or push me around more than they probably should when you're playing street hockey against someone that's like three, four years younger than you at that point. And Scott, Scott never did that. You know, Scott. You know, Scott stood up for me. Other kids stood up for me too. One time, uh, the one kid named Gonzalo. One time slashed me in the back of my leg with a hockey stick for no reason. I might have made a little jab at him. I probably did uh, verbally. He slashed me. Uh, so that so then uh, Mark, <laughs> this other guy named Mark, big guy Mark, then just slashed him across his legs where the pads were. But like he got retaliation right, right away. So that was good. But sometimes you know you get roughed up when you're a young young boy in the on the block. You know, not fist fight, but you know you get elbowed and you know. I don't know if you have experiences like that in the street where you got roughed up because you were the young kid or not, or or didn't have with the boys in your block. No, I was generally like, I was older. I was I was of the older kids, so I never really had any of those problems. Okay, so you were the bully. Were you? you, No. Were you you hip checking too much or or slashing too much on the street hockey? No, I was. I was a pretty mellow kid. Pretty mellow there. Yeah. Well, so thanks to Scott out there uh, for you know defending my honor at least. There might have been another time, but those are two that the puddle one sucked. I, I, the puddle one sucked because, like, pants were all wet, 30 degrees, New Jersey. You were talking, like, late March. It's still cold out, you know, uh, there. I think it must have been around Easter. I remember the spitting out the chocolate for some reason. It was weird. I do remember that. that. But we're talking, like, the congregations of, like, 15 kids from ages, you know, 8 to, like, 15. Like, that's right. that's how the block was there. Everyone everyone knows each other. I, I, I pine for those days sometimes just because it was like, you know, everyone loved each other sometimes. And then Pat gets thrown into a puddle, <laughs> it, you know. But you don't mind. You get over that stuff when you're a kid within, like, a couple of days. Billy apologized, like, probably within the next couple of days because he wanted someone to come over and play and beat up in NHL, you know, NHL 92 or whatever. Or, no, 99. At that point, it was still probably Altered Beast. We were still playing. And the show wasn't even out yet. We're talking right. about like 1990 at that point. But, you know, Billy had the Genesis, and you go over, and then, uh, you know, you listen to Two Live Crew, followed by... Two Live Crew. Followed by Prince, and then Queen. You got you got your entire breadth of music. That's why my eclectic taste of music is so developed, because of Billy. So Billy wasn't all bad. He would just... He would, he would um, I think, lash out on me sometimes because he hated his parents, and... His family life, and I, I was, see. you know what right. I mean. Yes. Deep down, probably a good person, but lash out at me. Just don't throw someone in a puddle when it's cold out. That's all. That's kind of mean to do that in the freezing rain. It is. It's rude. It's rude. All right. Well, thanks. For, thanks for that Patreon poll topic. Are you tweeting while I'm doing my I am not my, my stories? What are you doing, Ian? You're looking. You're always looking up stuff. While I'm telling my stories. I was listening. I don't think. I think you were tweeting. I don't know if I found you were tweeting. I, you know, there's you, no tweet. You know, tweets are timestamps, right? Let's make sure. Yeah, there's no tweets. Okay, it's making sure. All right, well, that's it for this uh, CU podcast. I think that's the last topic I was here. just going through the tabs that I had opened for the uh, duration of the podcast and closing them. For our K1UP? Yes. <clears throat> oh, well, well, who's going to put in for the NBA Jam? We're gonna, we'll do joint custody of that? We'll do. <laughs> Got to take it apart and bring it back. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that that's a thing. Cool. That's yeah, a thing. I think that could be neat. I think there could be some interesting leagues that pop up around that. But you think people will hack it and just play it? With a regular controller and try to cheat. You need an honor system? No, I don't think so. At least I would hope not. There? Oh, man, that was so good. Beating on Stuttering Craig back in the day with Lance. Oh, man, that was fun. He was so mad, Craig, when he beat him at NBA Jam. Uh, yeah, you told me about that. Was, to him, it was like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Sorry. Some people take video games very seriously. So, so, sorry, Craig. Can't rewind that one. 
Anyway, that's it for this season. That's it. Uh, We'll see you next week. Um, Oh, I forgot to announce. I will be attending uh, PAX East. Can't announce why yet. You'll find out soon enough there. Uh, there and uh, yeah, check out ultimatenintendo.com for for some enamel pins, some 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 gadgets and gizmos, and uh, it's a couple of a couple of guidebooks there. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>